and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. I am the Christmas fiancé. And I'm Drew. Not a Christmas prince. No. Not a royal switch, Or thankfully. a night before Christmas. <laughs> no, we're watching a vastly superior Christmas film mm-hmm. this week. Perhaps the Christmas film. Yes. <laughs> You're not going to debate me, me on that one. No, this gonna... is the best Christmas movie of all time. I am very fond of this one, but I don't... You're not going to agree with me on that? It probably is the best is. Christmas movie ever. Let us know. I, I don't know. It's up there for me with Arthur Christmas. And the Grinch, I would say. And distinguishing between... I think between... the Grinch, for sure. I don't think Arthur Christmas is as long-standing as this one. No, but Arthur Christmas is over 10 years old now. It was released in 2011. No, I know, but I don't think it will continue to be. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I think it will be. I think there's something very special about that film. But that's not a musical, so we won't discuss it. I'd like it more if it was. We are going to talk about... The Muppets Christmas Carol this week. Yes, which obviously we have both seen. Yes, we have seen it many a time. I actually didn't see it for the first time until I was around 18 or 19. Mm -hmm. So. I have watched this every year since I was about 10. Yeah. And it is, it's one of those Christmas films. I made the mistake of it one year watching it way too early. Like it was my first Christmas film. And I was like, what do I do now? I'd watched it in the middle of November. Mm -hmm. And I was like. I wasted them up. It's Christmas Carol. Yeah. It's a late December film. After all, there's only one more sleep. Till Christmas. Uh, this is the only iteration of A Christmas Carol that your mum believes Scrooge deserves redemption. Yeah. So I made my mum watch this movie last year for the first time. So she'd never seen it. She'd never watched it before. Not all the way through. I made her watch it with me. And she said it was the only version of A Christmas Carol where she felt like Scrooge deserved to be redeemed because he felt like he wanted to change. Yeah. Like he knew there was something wrong. And in every other version, Scrooge is just this horrible old man who doesn't deserve any of the things that he's... Like he doesn't deserve the chance that he's being given. It's kind of too late for him. But I think... They always act like Scrooge is a lot older than he actually is. Well, that's the thing, especially like the Jim Carrey version. He's painted to be incredibly old. Yeah. There's no way he'd have lived to be that old in Victorian England. And there's also no way that if he was that old, that he would work off the amount of damage he's done to other people. Yes. You know, his chains. Yes, because (laughs) Marley's chains were the same length as Scrooge's when Marley died. So, yeah. you know, that's seven years ago. Now, we've watched quite a few Muppet Christmas movies this this year for mm-hmm. the first time. We watched uh, Muppets Letters, Letters to, to Santa. Santa. Which that was, was cute, yeah. Cute, it, mm-hmm. you know. Not I'd, the best one ever, but it was cute. Yeah, it was cute. And then we watched A Very Muppet Christmas, which was just great. Like, never it's seen insane. It before. We've never seen it before. If you haven't watched it before, it's on Amazon Prime at the moment. You should go and watch it because it's it's a wonderful life, but with Kermit and just in the middle of the film, the Muppets do a performance of Moulin Rouge, yeah. including singing uh, 
Smells Like Teen Spirit and Diamonds yeah. Are a Girl's Best Friend, which has made me realise that I would love to see a Muppet version of Moulin Rouge. Like the full thing? Yeah, the yeah, full thing. For sure. You know, you have the bit where Kermit is uh, Christian mm-hmm. and it's just brilliant. There and was a frog. And Fozzie is Harold Ziegler. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Is great. And, and I'm desperate to see that now. But you also had like a really nice bit in the middle. So we we actually went to see It's a Wonderful Life at the cinema yesterday with your mum. You know, you were dragged kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. And I've only ever seen It's a Wonderful Life once. I've but, been forced to watch it every year since I was born. But we'd seen this version of The Muppets. And there's this great sequence where they've got to pay the loan off on the Muppet Theatre so they can or pay their rent and Fozzie's like I'll do it don't you worry Kermit I'll do it and gives up his spot in the show to do it as well and you're like oh I love you Fozzie and he goes rushing off through town to pay up off the 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 bank and he's he's met through so many like obstacles on the way like a crocodile hunter esque character comes and is like it's a bear I'm gonna shoot it and he runs away from him and then he uh bumps into Santa and you know picks up Santa's package and he gets chased by people because he goes through something and he ends up looking like the Grinch and you have like actual who's there he's like he's the person who stole our Christmas Mm -hmm. and he gets there and obviously he's got picked up the wrong package but you're just like heartbroken for him because he's really trying to do it and it's not his fault and then we watched It's a Wonderful Life yesterday and we are at the bit at the bank where his uncle, Uncle Bill, is like trying to find the money. I was like, I whispered, you go, oh, no, it's just like Fozzie. Yeah. And the Fozzie one's sadder. Yeah, because Uncle Bill, it's his own hubris. Mm-hmm. Like it's him bragging about like, look, at you know, you can't keep the uh, Bailey boys down. Yeah. If he didn't do that, then none of this would have happened. Whereas with Fon- with Fozzie, he's really trying. He's trying to do the best for Kermit. But yeah, it's got some great cameos. Whoopi Goldberg is God, which is absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Arquette is Clarence, or the Clarence substitute. But you also have like the entire cast of Scrubs as their Scrubs characters, yeah. which was just so bizarre to me. So yeah, um, it's not as good as the Muppets film we're here to discuss in long form. Yeah. But absolutely go and check out Muppets, uh, A Very Muppet Christmas. I know that this was the first thing the Muppets had done in a long old time. And it's the first Muppet production since Jim Henson died. And this is Brian Henson taking over the mantle. Mm -hmm. How did it come about? Because we talked about Muppets Treasure Island earlier this year. And you can go back in the archive to hear that one but there was very much pressure to do like another Muppets do a literary classic after this one but where did the initial idea come from because previously their movies have been Muppet adventures as opposed to the Muppets in so Jim Henson died in 1990 yeah and Brian Henson his son was approached with the idea of filming an adaption of Christmas Carol because it is the Quote, greatest story of all time. I, I would say it's it's up there. I, I don't think anything has been as manufactured as A Christmas Carol. And the fact it's timeless and, you know, Netflix have a new version of it out this year. And we have so many different versions of, like, 
you know, all the formula of Christmas Carol being done in so many like TV shows or films as well. Yeah. So Bill Haber, who is the talent agent for the Muppets at the time, basically said to Brian Henson, yeah, I've sold the idea to ABC. Wow. So we're doing a Muppets Christmas Carol. So initially it was just a TV thing if it was ABC? Mm-hmm. T- television film. Um, and Jerry Jewell, who is like the Muppets writer, yeah. was hired to write the script and decided to have Charles Dickens be a character in the script as well as sort of keeping the prose of the book. Which is one of the biggest successes of this one, I think, is... Mm-hmm. Like the language used. I mean, how can you have a Christmas Carol without Marley was dead to begin with? Yes, because I hate it when it's not in there. Yeah, and you know there are other lines like "There's more of gravy than a grave of you." Mm-hmm. You know, I know I said this last year when we talked about Kelsey Grammer, but there's so many great lines in it. That's kind of why I hate the Jim Carrey one. Why? Because he doesn't say half of the stuff and they don't include any of the like beautiful prose that, well, I, lo- that I, I miss from the Muppets. But they do have the nice bit where you open the book and the first thing you see is Marley is dead to begin with. But that you're right, count. there isn't a narrator to it, but you have some of the nice dialogue, but, you know, agreed. And it's nice to have a narrator here to actually keep the words mm-hmm. of Charles Dickens. Um. Brian Henson chose Gonzo to be Charles Dickens because he said he was the least likely character to play Charles Dickens. And that's the fun of it, I think. Mm-hmm. And Rizzo was, is there essentially to play the sort of Greek chorus kind of thing where, you know, we always talk about your lead character needs somebody to talk to. Yeah, we talked about it last week. <laughs> <Yeah>. you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you need your, your little animal friend to talk your emotions to and so that's essentially what Rizzo's doing here and it's good because it does then play off the comedy as well where you've got like you're not Charles Dickens why should I believe you Mm -hmm. you know you know you have the nice little interplay between the pair of them yeah originally they were going to have Muppet like established Muppets playing all of the ghosts yeah and then they decided that they were going to have new Muppets because it would better show the sort of ominous nature of it, whereas it would be too funny if you had existing characters. Is there anyone in specific that they would have talked about having as the ghosts? Well, so apparently either Robin the frog or yeah. Scooter were going to be the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah, I wouldn't have bought Scooter. No. Miss Piggy was maybe going to be Christmas present. And then... What's the synergy there? I don't know. Is it just that they, she they have nowhere else to put her? Or food or they have nowhere else to put her. Well, they do, and they found a much better place to put her. But <laughs> I know, but yeah, Mrs. I mean, Mrs. Cratchit is not an important character. No, she's not. But it's fifty-four minutes before Miss Piggy shows up in this movie. Yeah. But then she barely shows up in Treasure Island as well. That's true. She's best kept brief, I, I think. Yeah, Miss Piggy. Small doses of Miss Piggy, yeah, yeah, and then Gonzo was going to be. Christmas yet to come. Yeah. Because they thought it would be funny to have his nose sticking out of the cake. But then as soon as they decided that he's Charles Dickens, mm-hmm. they need to go back to the drawing board. I think it's a smart choice. And we'll obviously talk about that after we've rewatched it. Mm-hmm. Did they always have the idea of a human as Scrooge? Or yes. Was, uh, like so there they was considered never a, a lot of people to play Scrooge. They looked at Ron Moody. Cool. Which is obviously a great... Yeah. That would have been cool, but 
they also had David Warner, David Hemmings, and an American comedian called George Carlin, who were all considered. I think I know who George Carlin is. Sure. Famous comedian, yeah. I, I'm pretty certain I know who he is, but I, I think he was in Dogma as well, so he did some acting. I don't know him from anything. Brian Henson is the one who offered the roles of Michael Caine. Yeah, and Michael Caine is, I think, as great as the Muppets are, Michael Caine, I really think, is the glue that holds this film together. Mm -hmm. He said, there's a really great um, quote from Michael Caine about this, where he said, I'm going to play this movie like I'm working with the Royal Shakespeare Company. I'll never wink. I'll never do anything Muppety. I'm going to play Scrooge as if it's an utterly dramatic role and there are no puppets around me. Perfect. Yep. Exactly what he should be doing. Yeah. So they submitted the script to ABC and the executives at Walt Disney Pictures saw it and yeah. were like, we'd like to buy this, please. And they said they were going to make it into a feature film instead of a TV film. Which is the better thing. I, I, I don't even think we'd still be talking about it, to, you know, 30 years later. And that's actually one of the reasons why we're watching it this year is because it is the 30th anniversary mm -hmm. this year. I don't think people would still be talking 30 years later if it was a uh, 16 minute made for tv movie yeah i think you'd have lost a lot of the charm to it there'd be a lot of songs that wouldn't be in it because you've got to cut it down it might not even have any songs mm -hmm. um yeah so they filmed at shepparton studios yeah which is near where we live yeah muppets famous uh famously filmed in london for the muppet show anyway mm -hmm. um which is very, very cool that it's filmed nearby to us. Yeah. And all the sets obviously have to be built around the Muppets. So you need space. Sorry for anyone who wants us to talk about the Muppets. The Muppets like, are real people. Real people. <laughs> they are real people. They do their interviews and their own press tours. I know that they do. But unfortunately... Yeah, no, they need to build the space for the Muppets. They have to build the space for the Puppeteers. So they had to take out the floor... In certain areas, and they basically had these planks that Michael Caine had to walk across and not fall off <laughs> for most of the shots where he's walking through city streets and stuff, and you've got all the Muppets performers there. Yeah. And then they also did a lot of sort of foreshortening on their sets to make it look like they're big compared to both the Muppets and Michael Caine. But then obviously in some scenes you can see that they're quite small buildings, like um, the It Feels Like Christmas scene. Yeah. At the end, you can see that that building there in front of is really tiny. Like, it's great. Yeah. The music is written by... Paul Williams. Yes, Paul Williams, who we also saw this year in Phantom of the Paradise. Mm -hmm. And has worked on other Muppets features as well. Yeah. I mean, the song. we'll talk about the songs when we get there because they are absolutely brilliant. I think this film is perfectly cast. Yeah, me too. And obviously we watch it every year, so I know I'm going to have a great time watching this one. Mm -hmm. I remember as a kid, you know, you'd have like the little VHS tapes for Disney and they'd show like upcoming features. They'd have the Muppets Christmas Carol and the trailer was terrifying for it. Like it, it does look scary. And I think that's part of the reason they put me off watching it for the longest time. Yeah. And I think what they've done is they found a way to kind of keep the ghost story element of it and, and the scary nature really well. Mm -hmm. 
And obviously having the Muppets lightens the mood a little. But they've done well with the tone of this. Yeah, definitely. What was the actual reception like to it when it came out? I mean, was it well received instantly? How well did it fare at the box office? So Walt Disney Pictures seemed like they had high expectations for this. It was their widest released film of the sort of holiday season, you know, and ultimately opened sort of sixth place of the box office. Oh, wow. That's really low. Which isn't bad when you actually look at it it they estimated that it made five million dollars which is very good for 92 Mm -hmm. however ultimately it that's just in its opening weekend yeah ultimately it grossed 27 million dollars uh in north america but it really didn't have a huge effect on people on its release because Disney had just released Aladdin and also Home Alone 2 was out that year too. Yeah. So it wasn't considered a huge success. However, due to re-release and home media, the Muppets got big. Just like It's a Wonderful Life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I forget that it would have been up against Home Alone 2, which like probably was one of the most anticipated like holiday films after the runaway success of... The like first one, the first yeah. one that nobody saw coming. Mm-hmm. It's also really exciting because this is the first time I'm going to be watching this version of the Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah, because we're watching the extended version, which is extended by two minutes. Because it's the song that was always there mm-hmm. and was originally in the film. So originally, when they shot this movie, there was a song called "When Love Is Gone." which is then reprised at the end yeah. of the movie to the When Love Is Found. Yeah. yeah. And it's sung by the character Belle, which is Scrooge's love interest. And it was cut originally because the chairman of Walt Disney Studios at the time said that the song was too sad and children would be bored. <laughs> which, it is quite a sad song. But... Brian Henson was like, well, that doesn't make any sense because we're going to sing the love we found at the end. So nobody's going to understand why we're singing that. And they were like, no, cut it, get rid of it. So they put it over the credits instead. Yeah. But there's a whole controversy as well attached to why it's taken 30 years for it to be extended. So while they still had the song, like the audio for the song, because it's on the soundtrack of this film. Yeah. They actually lost the footage. The cut of the film that we originally have was transferred to digital in 2012. So the version of it that is widely watched up until now is the digital version of this film. And that digital release is made from the 1992 release negative, like the proper film. Yeah. They had cut the scenes. And the reason why it's called cutting... Is because when you'd actually cut the film strips and yeah, yeah, so they cut that film strip out, so the negative for that scene did not exist anymore. It was lost essentially, and the only way that they could actually put this back in is because they found an inverted negative, and so it's not the actual footage; it's like what's left over when you shoot film. Yeah, essentially. So they still don't know where the negative is, so we've got an inverted copy 
of this scene. Which is fine because... Well, and they've colorized it and, you know, done got, it all up and everything. And they've got the soundtrack anyway. So I'm, I'm excited to see the context of this very sad song, especially because, you know, the song at the end, will it make more sense for being there? I never had an issue with the love we found anyway being being there it felt like a nice conclusive no, song there is one thing that this is going to change which is that in that scene where bell breaks up with scrooge she says the line something like he's like i love you and she's like oh you did once and then she leaves and then there's a cut and then scrooge is like crying yeah and a lot of people have always been like He's suddenly very emotional yeah, why? about this. But obviously she's just broken up with him. So, you know, we accept And he's it. reliving it, like watching this moment that like yeah, changed his life. The inclusion of when love is gone makes it make a lot more sense. Cool. I'm excited to see that. You know, I know that I'm going to have a blast watching this film. Mm. That goes without saying. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about it in detail. Yeah. Uh, and we will be back to share our thoughts all about The Muppets Christmas Carol after intermission. And we are back. Yes, we are. What a magical Christmas. Mm-hmm. I feel completely transformed. Do you? Yes. You don't have any chains attached to you now. No, I've seen the error of my ways Mm -hmm. and I'm ready to keep Christmas in a much more festive way. Excellent. One of the things I really love about this is the opening orchestra. It just sounds so... The overture, yeah. Yeah. It always starts and just makes me feel Christmassy. Mm Mm-hmm. You have the nice little like, especially with the dedication for Jim Henson and Richard Hunt, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you go into the nice like Victorian England, you have a bit of all the songs. It's actually, they do this whole overture and we don't see any Muppets, which I think is really funny. It's just the town, obviously, before anyone's woken up kind of thing. You know, like the opening of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Like, there's nobody out in town yet. It's too early in the morning. And then as we get further into the day, Muppets start appearing. And I That's it. it. And, you know, we get loads of different people. And we get Lou Zealand as well with his boomerang fish. Mm-hmm. It's great. You know, just that's all we need of him. It's a nice little, like, you know, he throws his boomerang fish. They come back and then we don't see him again. But we see some nice established Muppets through the sequence. Mm-hmm. We see the... We have the two pigs. Yep. Who are talking about... Like, oh, that was a lovely breakfast. What should we do now? Lunch? Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, on an absolute mood. We have, like, the cabbages. Yep. And... The yeah. creepy uh, choir children. Yep. The creepy... Who look like Cabbage Patch Kids. Yes. And then we, we zoom in on Rizzo and Gonzo, who are selling apples. Mm-hmm. Macintosh apples. Yes, Macintosh apples, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yep. And Gonzo introduces himself as Charles Dickens. And we go at the great bit where Rizzo's like, why should I believe you? Well, like, because I know the story like the back of my hand. Okay, describe it for me then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there's a mole by my, no, not your hand, the book. Yeah. 
and it's a really fun little sequence you know their their dynamic works it's one of the the best things about this for Mm me and i think we then have a really good opening song yeah because we have the when a cold wind blows it chills you chills you to the bone yeah and we get scrooge and he does look scary i think in this sequence Mm mm-hmm because you get like the dry ice and the smoke and he's an intimidating figure. Yeah. And we never see his face in this part. As he walks through town, we just sort of see his legs and people moving out of the way. It's very good at setting up Scrooge as quite a scary character. Yeah. Which is funny because he's not scary at all. In this no, film. he's not. But you see how everyone's scared and you have all the, the great little Muppets. Like you have the, the the little mice in the little crack in the the wall mm. and you get the no cheeses for us mises which is such a great line yeah but i don't i know you hate it but i love it it's possibly the one criticism i have of this as a film is because like it's not the plural of mouse mm-hmm. but i get you have to make it rhyme and i'm not going to be a scrooge about it i think it's a fantastic introduction we have all the muppets telling us about this character you know everything you need to know. If you've never seen Christmas Carol before, if you don't know the story, you've got everything you need. Mm-hmm. It's great uh, exposition. Yeah. And we go to his shop and we see our rats and Kermit as Bob Cratchit, which is yeah. the best the place. The best casting. <laughs> yeah, like it is absolutely the right place to put Kermit. Mm-hmm. Was there ever any talk of, like, having Kermit be Scrooge or anything like that? So there is an interview with the Muppets where Kermit said that he originally was going to play the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Yeah. But they always were going to have a human playing Scrooge. But that when Michael Caine saw Kermit in the hood, he just couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) So they couldn't have Kermit do it. Which isn't true, like production wise, but it's a cute little comment for Kermit to oh, have, yeah. like made in an interview. And that's the thing I love about the Muppets is they very much when they do the press interviews, it's not the Muppet uh, puppeteers mm-hmm. or the Muppet performers, I should say. It's the Muppets themselves. So you're interviewing Miss Piggy. There's great like character integrity. Yeah, we watched that interview yesterday. Yeah, and it's really tough because the new Kermit the new voice, Kermit voice yeah. isn't great and it sounds a lot meaner but yeah when he's being sarky to miss piggy he's he comes off as a lot meaner than i think he's meant to be yeah because you know kermit was always kind of sarcastic but in a nice way yeah and now he's just mean (laughs) i don't like it we keep fred so fred comes in and wants to spend Christmas with his uncle Scrooge. Yeah, we do keep Fred. We have uh, Stephen McIntosh playing Fred, who is very pretty. Very pretty. In this film. And it's a nice little sequence, you know, again, the, you know, Merry Christmas, uh, Bob, and to you. You know, it does its job really well Mm -hmm. with this sequence here. I love where we have the knock at the door and then we have the bunny the good kid went let's looked out on the feast of Stephen. And he's looking up at Scrooge. He shakes. And he shakes. He's terrified. Lonely on the moon that night. It's great. Yeah. 
He's a cute little muppet. It's one of my favourite muppets as well because there must just be like a little hole in the paving slab for you mm-hmm. to control him. But he, it looks so seamless. Yeah. Like the magic of the film is fantastic. And we also have Dr. Bunsen, Honeydew and Beaker come in as the uh, charitable men. Mm-hmm. And I love it where, you know, like... Honeydew gets all, like, angry at Scrooge. Mr. Scrooge! And you've just got Bun- uh, Beaker going... Oh, me, 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 me. It's really, you know, like great casting of those two characters again because there's there really is no other place for them yeah well so they're supposed to have a song here are they really yeah it was called room in your heart and it is also on the soundtrack i've never heard it it's just them singing about like hey be a good person it's not difficult and scrooge being like get lost (laughs) we do have the the iconic line of well they better do so then and decrease the surplus population Mm -hmm. and the the shocked faces of them and you can really see Early on, Scrooge is, well, Michael Caine, sorry, not Scrooge. There is no traditional Muppet performance with him. He is playing Scrooge as if he was in the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of it. Yeah, and it's cool, isn't it? It, ma- it, it does. It makes add... this film better. Yeah, it really does. I love Muppet films, and, you know, I love it when characters get involved with the Muppets in their their style. Like, I think Jason Segal did a great job. And I'm mm. sure we'll talk about that eventually when we cover the, that Muppets film. Yeah. I think I really like that we as a society just accept that the Muppets are real people. Yeah. And whenever you see celebrities doing Muppet things, including things like Sesame Street, they just act like they're people that they're talking to, and I love that. Yeah, and it, I think it really works here. Like, Michael Caine's choice to just play mm-hmm. Scrooge this way is part of what's made this film have such an enduring legacy. Mm-hmm. And I really like the way this film works, that you have, like, a bit of narration and then a scene. A bit of narration and the scene. Mm-hmm. So we obviously then follow Scrooge home. He leaves, and he tells... Bob Cratchit and the rats to lock up for the day and he gives them the day off after a bit of hassle. It's actually one of the nicest versions of this. Yeah. Because this is a very good adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. You know, obviously they've left loads of stuff out because, you know, Charles Dickens is getting paid by the word. But they've done a very tight adaptation of this which is good i think for like baby's first christmas carol exactly like it does feel very definitive i know a lot of teachers will show this version of it Mm. which has its It's great but just don't write about gonzo in your exam and don't write (laughs) about the two marlies yeah but you know you you do have a very tight adaptation of it yeah we go into the wonderful one more sleep till christmas Mm mm-hmm which is one of the ones that definitely makes on the Christmas playlist anyway and always feels really good. Like, the Kermit singing voice is brilliant. Yeah. Steve Whitmere. Who is also Rizzo. Yeah, is also Rizzo, Beaker and Bean Bunny is brilliant Mm -hmm. as Kermit, obviously, you know. But I love... 
his singing voice and one more sleep till christmas is such a good little sequence i love all the rats like doing their acrobatics and their creative way of going about like putting things away you know like jumping on the broom to get the blinds down Mm -hmm. i love the bit with the penguins yeah with sliding on the ice and kermit doing that too which he did say in that interview was his favorite thing to film yes because he's uh, never learned ice skating because it never freezes in the swamp yeah which is key I just really love it. It's a tra-la-la. Tis the season to be jolly and joyous. We're the boast of pleasure. We feel love arrive. It's so much fun as a song. And I love the way at the end is, after all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas day. day. <laughs> I just love that day at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's cute. And I think the songs do a really good job as well at breaking up some of the tension because we're going to go into that darker sequence now. Which is the first bit of haunting. And especially because this is very potentially your baby's first Christmas carol. Mm -hmm. If you've never seen this before and you're watching it with your children, the ghosts can be quite scary. Well, this was the feedback when the film came out as well, was that not from audiences generally, but from executives, was that they thought this film was going to be too scary for kids. Yeah. Which I think I agree with. I think this film gets a bit freaky at times the trailer looks scary Mm -hmm. as a kid yeah so the ghost of christmas past is an entirely new muppet like the other two ghosts are but she is essentially just a head with all this beautiful flowing fabric around her but they filmed her suspended in water yeah so that the fabric would hang like it does and so that they could have her move in a very like ethereal way which is so cool and then obviously she is green screened into the rest of the film yeah i love the bit where the door frame obviously we know that the knocker is going to morph into uh, marley's head mm-hmm. obviously you have who does it turn into statler or waldorf statler yeah i i, I was going to say like you have a choice of two people to change it to here and they've chosen Statler. He's a bit scarier looking. I, I think. think he is. Like If you look at the pair of them, the way his eyebrows are, he does look more intimidating of the two. And it's a definite choice. Mm-hmm. But I love that sequence. And obviously he then goes up to his his room and you get Statler and Waldorf show up and you have them as Marley and Marley Jacob and Robert Marley. Yeah. Which again is a good choice. And I think they are the perfect choice for these characters but it's interesting that they are these characters because Sattler and Waldorf aren't Muppet performers mm-hmm. we know they're Muppets but their role very much in the Muppet show is they're there as hecklers yeah who are their audience members mm-hmm. and I think having them be hecklers at Fozzywigs is great mm-hmm. it's very interesting to then have them be like we want you to be part of the Muppet cast yeah. It's like they, they've gone and been like, yeah, no, we want you to do this role. But, you know, you get the nice fourth wall breaking. It's like, it's good to be doing anything again. Well, and so they have in the background, you know, the market square that's yeah. used. In the background, one of the shops is called Statler and Waldorf's. Yeah. Which is so hilarious. <laughs> I don't know who else you put as Molly and Marley or just Marley if not no these two are but this film is so well cast that's the thing is i don't mind the idea that you know we know they're muppets and we know that you know 
they'll perform if they have to, even though they traditionally not yeah. part of the troupe. I don't mind having them here. It's the best choice for them. I the only other one is the is the bear, you know, who's one of the bad guys in the Muppets from two thousand and eleven. Mm-hmm. I could see him being villainous. Yeah. But I think these guys work really, really well. And Marley and Marley is such a great song, but it's not one of your favourites. No, I do love it. I would still listen to it and I know all the words to it. So it's fine. But of the songs in this, it's probably my least favourite, at least until we get to some of the slower ones. What I like about this one is it's very comedic and then it suddenly just kicks up a notch when they go like doomed scrooge Mm -hmm. you're doomed for all time yeah i think my thing with this one is just that i saw the alan menken christmas carol first yeah and the song in that link by link is so scary yeah and you're actually like oh yeah okay i understand i do not want this in the afterlife of this world. Yeah, so because, this is just kind of like, mm, <laughs> in comparison. But this doesn't have the bit where Scrooge looks out and sees all the other ghosts. It's just Marley and Marley. Yeah. Which is a bit of a change, but probably is a good change. It probably for... means more to have your, like, people who you considered your friends. Because the house that Scrooge lives in, in this one, yeah. and I don't remember whether this is a thing from the book or not, but is where Marley used to live. They say he lived in Marley's old apartments. Mm, I don't know that myself. Yeah, no, me either, but they say it in this version. Yeah, I don't think it is in the actual story. Yeah. So obviously, we have Sattler and Waldorf, the Marley brothers, talk about how there's going to be three spirits going to visit Scrooge starting from tonight, one a night. Mm -hmm. And the first, expect the first to visit. No, one per hour. They don't do the traditional thing then where in other versions of Christmas Carol, Scrooge is led to believe it's going to be over three nights. No, it's Christmas Eve. No, I know. But there are other versions and I think it's in the book. The ghosts are supposed to do it over three nights. And Scrooge says, can I not just take them all at once? And that certainly happens in the Jim Carrey led christmas carol because he's very shocked when he oh, wakes up yeah he's like they've done it all in one night but of course, of course they can they, they, can. they, they, can, they do... can do anything yeah. they want yeah on christmas eve jacob marley's ghost tells scrooge to be visited by three ghosts in three successive nights in this version and in the alan menken musical they say at one twelve one and two yeah you'll be visited so That's we do get the ghost of Christmas past. Mm-hmm. I love the sequence where they go flying. You know, yeah. you have uh, Gonzo's really excited. He throws a little lasso, holds onto Rizzo. And they go draped through they the trees. A tree. yeah, yeah. And they have the cat chasing Rizzo when he lands. And you get the really great shot of like Scrooge in the old schoolhouse watching him, his younger self. Mm-hmm. And it's really great because you see him held for a moment and you just see his figure there and it fades away as another Scrooge comes forward. 
Yeah. We don't get any reference to his sister or, you know, father wants you to come home. Father's changed. He's much more likable than he previously has been. And we get Sam the Eagle. Who also is supposed to have a song. Really? Yeah, it's called <sighs> Chairman of the Board. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. I need to listen to that song if it's on the soundtrack. It is on the soundtrack. I need to listen to that one. That sounds. I love Sam the Eagle. I love this bit here. You have like the great like Muppet head busts of like great people. So you've got like the Shakespeare bust. You have Dante, Shakespeare and a couple of others. Yeah. And then Gonzo and Rizzo sat at the end. Yeah. And then they, they fall and they're getting squashed. And you've got this great bit where Sam's talking about how, you know, build a future that's as sturdy as the schoolhouse that I built. It's the American way. And the, the, the shelf drops. He goes, I'll fix that later. And then you do have the bit where... It's the American way. And, and Gonzo has to be like, we're in England. This it's is Victorian England. The British way. Yeah. I, I think the boy playing Scrooge, like young Scrooge here, bless mm-hmm. him. He's so awkward. I like, know. You can tell he's a little bit phased by this giant eagle that he's talking to. Yeah, because Sam the Eagle compared to this kid is a big yeah. Muppet. And bless him. It's always really funny because he's upright and his eyes are really wide. I, I just love this whole exchange. I think Sam is great here. And there's that weird bit at the end where it's almost like he's he's waiting for feedback, you know, because, again, he's not a performer for the Muppets. He, he's a performer, but he's not got that performance charisma flair. Mm-hmm. You know, he's rolled his D20. He failed the charisma check. So he's waiting at the end just to be like, where you just have the bit where he's looking around as if he's yeah. like, is that it? And I love that. It's a weird shot. But I just love it because it's a very Sam the Eagle thing and it adds to the charm of it. Mm-hmm. And then, right, it's the best joke in this, but I feel is also such a huge waste of one of my favourite Muppets. It's Fozzywig. And I love that joke. Fozzywig and Ma, yeah. Instead of Fezziwig. I think that's so brilliant to have it be Fozzywig. I really think that when they were like, oh, we're we've got to do an adaptation as our next movie. What are we going to do? And someone went, there's a character in Christmas Carol called Fezziwig. We could change it to Fozziwig. And then they were like, yeah, we're doing a Christmas Carol. (laughs) Because that is the best coincidence. Yeah. And also the best casting in this film. But it's such a shame that he's then such a non-player for the rest of it. Yeah. I wonder... If Frank Oz had very limited availability. Maybe. Because playing Piggy, playing Fozzy, Sam and Animal. They're all like not in this film. They're very, and George the Janitor, who I think is very briefly in one of the earlier songs. Maybe that's why their roles are so minimal is because Frank Oz's availability wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you throw these characters in and you give them nice little moments, mm-hmm. but you keep them as brief moments. Did Frank Oz operate the puppets for them as well, or did he just do the voices? Yeah. It doesn't look like he was doing anything else in 1992. I love that sequence. And again, you know, you have the bit where he's like, as his tradition is, I'm going to uh, do my Christmas speech. So here's my Christmas speech. And it's very short. And then you have, you know, Marley and Marley going, it's short. I like it. <laughs> and I really just mm-hmm. love the fact that he kind of wins them over. You're expecting the heckling. You're expecting the bad jokes. And it's not. And he also the fact he he owns a rubber chicken factory. Yeah. It's so much fun. And 
you know, you have the bit where he is telling Scrooge, don't work, it's Christmas, you know, like, let's go. And this is where Scrooge meets Belle. Yeah. Is this the one where the name changes a lot? No, it isn't. So they often change the name of Scrooge's love interest. It's always really interesting because sometimes she's called Emily. Yes. Which is a choice because I'm pretty sure that's Bob Cratchit's wife's name. It is. And then sometimes... Which I quite like because it's like a parallel between like... The two of them? The two of them, you know, Scrooge has everything. No, no, but I mean like Scrooge has everything, Bob has nothing and they both have this Emily and it's like because Bob followed love, he Mm. got his Emily, but because Scrooge followed money, he didn't get his Emily. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things where people are like, Belle is a name that stands out a lot. Yeah. Especially in the context of, it's like, I don't know if you've ever heard about this, but it's called the Tiffany problem. No. So the name Tiffany has been around since the 1600s. Yeah. But if you made a TV show about characters in like the 1600s and had a character called Tiffany. People wouldn't. People would be like, no. Yeah. Because it's unbelievable. And so I think it's the same thing with Belle is that you think of it as quite a modern name. And also this is Disney associated. Yeah. So it's also a Disney associated name. Beauty and the Beast has come out at this point, hasn't Mm -hmm. it? But they didn't change it in this one, which I appreciate. It's also having a 30th anniversary. Yeah, we'll have to watch that. We are going to cover that in the new year. Mm -hmm. We then cut forward. We show Scrooge and Belle. And obviously this is where we get Mm -hmm. our additional scene when love is gone. Yeah. Because we see the breakup. Mm -hmm. And this scene is heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is so much worse. (laughs) Yeah. And it makes sense, like you say, because we had that just sudden cut and he's crying. You have this brilliant bit. And it's also interesting because it's the only song that features no Muppet performance, which I think is maybe why Disney felt Mm -hmm. everyone get bored because they're here for the Muppets. And it's the only prolonged scene, really, that has no Muppet involvement. Yeah, they don't even cut back to Gonzo to see their reaction kind of thing. So we have this song where Belle is basically breaking up with Scrooge. Mm -hmm. And she's she's talking to young Scrooge. Yeah. But then young Scrooge morphs into Michael Caine. Mm -hmm. And Michael Caine starts singing along. No, no. So he doesn't morph into Michael Caine. Young Scrooge leaves while Belle is singing. And adult Scrooge is standing behind her and he starts singing along with her. But the way that they do it is as if old Scrooge is remembering her words rather than like singing along because it's a musical and he's singing along. It's like he's saying the words that are like so vividly in his brain. Yeah. And this is because he's, he remembers this moment Mm -hmm. anyway. So it's like he sings along until the point that he can't, and he just starts and he's sobbing. just sobbing. Oh my god, it's horrible. I just wanted to give Michael Caine a huge cuddle. And that's the thing. We were both sat there like, no, Michael Caine, please. And again, it does make you realise like no other version of Scrooge has such an emotional response to things. Mm-hmm. This Scrooge does deserve redemption because he's not. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, you can really tell with this version of Scrooge that he's sorry. Mm. I don't think he's intrinsically a bad person. He talks, like, especially when with the Ghost of Christmas past, he's like, you know, have you never wondered why... Oh, is it Ghost of Christmas present? He's like, have you never wondered why everything seems so bright? This time he goes, truthfully, no, spirit. It's not angry. He just... 
he's never had someone who made Christmas magical for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand the hype of it. Yeah. But yes, uh, he tells the ghost of Christmas past, leave me be, why do you torment me so? And he, he returns to his bedroom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as the first chapter goes, I think it's one of the better versions of the first chapter of Scrooge's story. Yeah. You know, you've not overdone it. You've got three key moments, you know, with school, mm-hmm. with uh, Fozzywig and with the breakup. Yeah. So I, I like it. It's a really good sequence. And we then go to the ghost of Christmas present. Yeah. And I, again, this this Muppet is absolutely amazing. Uh, this is Jerry Nelson, who is doing this character. He does the face and voice performance. Mm-hmm. Also portrays Statler, Robin, and Mar Fozziewig. Yep. The ghost of Christmas present is great. Like... The change in having, and, and again, incorporating one of the bigger Muppets where it's a man in the suit. Mm-hmm. I love the repetition of come forth and know me better, man. Oh, you're a rather absent-minded, so you're a little absent-minded spirit. No, I'm a large absent-minded large spirit. absent-minded spirit. Yeah. And then we get oh, maybe the best song in this one. I don't know. There's a lot of good songs and it feels very difficult to be like, what is the best song? But we have... I it, think it's this one. It feels like Christmas. I think this is my best song. It's in the singing of a street corner choir. It's going home and getting warm by the fire. Yeah. It's true wherever you find love. It feels like Christmas. Yeah, I love this song. Yeah. And it's, it is really good. And you have him kind of touring Scrooge through, you know, the next morning. He's going to wake when, up. At. Again... Because he's never been out and about on Christmas morning because he doesn't care about it. So yeah. he's never seen this before. And he's like, wow, everybody's so happy. And the ghost's like, yeah. <laughs> There's a weird bit as well where he looks in the little crevice where the, the Mises have made their home. Mm-hmm. And the ghost of Christmas present comes small with them. Yeah. But then again, Scrooge has lent out this space to them. Like Scrooge is their landlord. Mm-hmm. And like he's given them this small little crevice in a home. Like, where is Scrooge finding these properties? You know how you see, like, one-room apartments in London that are tiny with the worst rent ever, and it's literally just, like, all in one. You're like, why would anyone pay for this cupboard? Right. You know, Scrooge is a very shrewd businessman. If he's like, well, mice don't need a big house. They need this. But we finish our tour of Christmas at the Cratchits. Mm-hmm. This is where we see Piggy for the first time. You've, you've got two little Miss Piggies. Yeah. And you've got two little Kermits. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much thought went into the, like, deciding what would their babies look like. You know? Yeah. Like. I feel like we've seen them before. Possibly. Like in other things. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe we have. I, I really like it. And, you know, the bit where they're, they're cooking the little goose and you've got like her son is just like cranking the wheel and he's like, it smells good, mum. And he, she just goes, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> I love Miss Piggy. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a, a really good use of Miss Piggy. And again, I think she isn't overused. Mm-hmm. You've used her really well and she's like 
fiery and she's got her temper where she's like, Mr. Scrooge. Yeah, she's really mad at him and it's great. And we, we cut outside where we have uh, Tiny Tim and Kermit strolling back doing their Christmas scat. Like, tis the season to be jolly and joyous. Da, da, da. Oh, and it's, what's this called? It's called the Christmas scat. Yeah. And bit. you told me a fun fact about how they filmed this one. Yeah, so because obviously we can see Kermit's legs, which is a rare occurrence. And always very weird for me when it happens, but... It's okay when he's clothed. Yes. <laughs> it's weird when it's his skinny frog legs. But in this one, they literally, instead of having to have the street underfloor to let them walk along, they just have a log that rolls and looks like they're walking along the path. So when you watch this scene, if you actually look at the floor... It's just a little rolling log covered in snow so that they can look like they're moving forward. It's very cool. Which is very clever and I love it. And we have that traditional sequence as well. So you see them in their, their room together mm-hmm. having their tiny Christmas. Uh, Bob Cratchit raising a glass, having a toast for Mr. Scrooge, which is when... Miss Piggy gets annoyed at her. Yeah. Is this as well where we have uh, Bless Us All? Yeah. It's a cute song. It really is. It's it's nice that Robin gets like a, a time to shine mm-hmm. as well. Again, in that little interview, it was so fun watching Robbie be, Robin be like, the hardest part of the acting was pretending that my uncle Kermit was my dad. Yeah, which is so cute. <laughs> He's very cute. And this is also, obviously we're spending time with Christmas present. This is also where we get the meanest part of any Christmas Carol movie. Yeah. Which is where we visit Fred's house. And in other versions of A Christmas Carol, where they make it really clear that there's sort of the similarities between Scrooge's story and Charles Dickens' actual life, where Fred is Scrooge's sister's son. Yes. So, and his sister is dead. So it's meant to be that, like... In other versions, like, the reason why he doesn't want to see Fred is because he's too like his sister. Yeah, yeah. And, but in this version, we don't get any of that. Um, He's just kind of mean to Scrooge. Because that first bit where he shows up, he, at the beginning, to say Merry Christmas, when Bunsen and Beaker come in, Fred's like, oh yeah, my uncle Scrooge is the most giving man in town. And he's being sarcastic. sarcastic. Yeah. And then we get this scene where they play the horrible game, which like, okay, people who listen at doors are always going to hear what they don't want to. And Scrooge did ask to be amongst family. And then they play this mean game of like... Is it an animal? Is it an unwanted animal, usually? Yeah, and Fred's wife is like, oh, it's your Uncle Scrooge. (laughs) I have to admit, and it's in this and Jim Carrey's version, it really does make me dislike Fred. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he seems so disingenuous. No wonder he doesn't want to come to lunch with you. That, that's the thing. Like, it makes him feel really disingenuous when he goes to invite Scrooge. It's just because it's something he has to do. But he doesn't want him there. And then he just mocks him there. Like, there's no kindness to it. And I guess, you know, it's Scrooge's fault for not giving him a try. And this is how he lets his resentment out. But it, mm-hmm. it doesn't make me like the character anymore. But yeah, we, you know, we have that sequence and he hears everything. It's just harsh. It is. And what I love is when we kind of finish the sequence, we see the ghost of Christmas present. He's aged. You know, his ginger locks have become salt and pepper white. And, you know, 
he's he's passing away i love the bit where he's like you know i have uh 1800 siblings imagine the grocery bill mm-hmm. like scrooge is willing to have a little joke with him like it's all very nice we don't get the really dark bit that we get with the jim carrey version as well where it's like these are ignorance and want you know the the scary children sequence and just kind of yeah i don't know how you would do that with muppets though no exactly and it's quite nice that it just ends i'm kind of okay with that though because obviously this version is christmas present is making a point to scrooge and being like this is why people do this yeah. it makes them happy yeah rather than trying to scare him yeah yeah he's very genuine about it and he ends in the cemetery and he fades away and then we get my least favorite of the designs for the ghosts I think this is a very straightforward adaption of yes. Christmas Yet to Come. However, I like it. I found it creepy when I was a kid. I think my issue with it is the head, like the cloaked bit, is so much bigger. Like you can see where it overlaps on the shoulders and you can see where the shoulders are. And it just, it doesn't necessarily come across as well as I like it. Yeah. You know, and I, I like the bit where obviously Gonzo and Riz were like, oh, we better leave at this point, you know, like with this kind of scary. Even Gonzo's like, yeah, we'll, we'll see you at the end, kids. Mm-hmm. I think Uncle Deadly would have been better as the yeah, I get that. ghost of Christmas yet to come. And again, you have him in this row, but you still have like his weird tendrils that just kind of like float about. Mm hmm. And you don't have to have him speak. He can still be silent. I don't want the ghost of Christmas yet to come to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, even when it's in Mickey's Christmas Carol, it's Pete. I don't like the laughter and the, the talking at the end. We do get another scary Muppet as well as we get that weird spider Muppet. Yeah. You know, uh, you have the businessmen talking about someone who's like, I'll go if lunch is provided. And then you have like, what have you got for old Joe? Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I've got his, I've got his shirt. It's the only warmth he ever had. Um, old Joe is terrifying. Yeah, he's scarier than the ghost. Yeah, like he is scarier than the, the ghost. spider. Yeah, yeah. I don't like him. No, <laughs> he's creepy. But I think that that's good because this is the bit of the film where it should be mm-hmm. darker. You know, we're showing what could happen. If he doesn't change his ways. And obviously we have. Scrooge go to Kermit's. And Bob Cratchit's. And they're all mourning Tiny Tim. Mm -hmm. And it's really. It is hard to see Kermit and Miss Piggy. In such a somber state. Yeah. It feels like it hits harder. Because it's these two characters. Mm -hmm. We will never forget Tiny Tim. And all the love that he bestowed upon us. It's just sad. Yeah, it has one of the saddest quotes, I think, ever to exist, which is, life is made up of meetings and partings, and that is the way of it. I'm sure we'll never forget Tiny Tim or this first parting that there was among us. Just, what? This is a Muppet film. (laughs) I know, and especially because that's delivered in Kermit voice. It doesn't, you know, it's a really powerful... Sentiment. Sentiment. Yeah. And you can see that Scrooge is genuinely moved by this. Yeah, he's really hurt by it. And, and it fades out on the little cane sat against yeah. the chair with his hat. There's a bit where they're outside on the street as well. 
and the angles have definitely changed on the houses like compared oh to everything's slightly, slightly more slanted crooked. and scary yeah and it definitely gets a sense of like this is a world that is you know you don't want to be a part of whereas with the ghost of christmas present everything felt amazing here mm-hmm. it doesn't there is no magic in this world yeah we go back to the cemetery to find that it is scrooge's grave yes and we don't have the bit where there's like show me some sadness attached to to, to this man's death where it's or show, show show me someone some you know someone who misses this man or some joy attached to this man you know whatever and you cut to like the people who are like we don't have to worry about our rent anymore mm-hmm. you know like it just it, instantly but i think the difference is at this point scrooge is already to accept like I get what you're saying. This could be me. And I don't want that. I've changed spirit. I've changed. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it, and he's sort of clutching at uh, yet to comes robes. And then he wakes up and it's his bedclothes. Yes. And, you know, we have the great, great bit where he's like, of course they did. You know, it, 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 it's Christmas but He morning. leans out the window and it's the little rabbit. Yeah, the little rabbit again. Yeah, yeah. being bunny. And he's like, mm-hmm. you know, go get the, the big turkey. The one that's bigger than me. <laughs> oh, what a clever lad. Mm-hmm. I like Bean. Yeah, Bean Bunny is so good. We and are rejoined by Gonzo and Rizzo. They're like, we're back. We made it. Yeah. And you see Scrooge going all through Victorian London. He stops with Bunsen and Beaker. Beaker and, and Beaker gives him his scarf in return re- for the donation. And it's so really cute because it's that, it's that small little joy of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it's all about. And... He reconciles with Fred and with Fozzywig. I love the fact that you have Fozzywig and uh, Sam in the background with their little hearing aids, like old versions, because mm. as he's singing, because um, at this point we have him sing Thankful Heart mm-hmm. with a thankful heart. It's mine, it's yours, which is a, a great thing. And Michael Caine's voice is really good. Mm-hmm. The promise to share the wealth. And he goes round and he's he's sharing the joy. And he does the whole pretending to be there to ask why Bob's not at work. Yes. And Miss Piggy is literally, oh, what does he say? He says, I'm going to raise your salary. And she's like, I'm going to raise you right off the ground. Yes. And then it's like pause. And he has, yeah. you know, what? it's like, you know, I'm going to help you, Bob Cratchit, and be a better man. Mm-hmm. We get the whole, he was like a second father to Tiny Tim thing. <laughs> Who did not die. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. Just got to make a point of that. Which I love that bit from Gonzo. It's like Tiny Tim, who did not die. is like, and we had that really great, like, the love we share. Yeah. Which still makes sense without, you know, the original thing. But it's a nice reprise because it's like he's turned mm-hmm. the worst moment of his life into the happiest moment of his life and he's using those same sentiments yeah we pan up and there's lobsters yeah so there's like a really weird line in a christmas carol where this metaphor of like a bad lobster in a dark room yeah for something and so they have lobsters hanging out the windows of at right at the end of this film to make a reference to it which is pretty cool yeah it is a strange metaphor it is, but, you know, it's a fun little sequence and we pan out and everything is better. Yeah. It really is the definitive Christmas film, I think. You know, and it, I think it is the best adaptation of A Christmas Carol. I, we've not watched the new one on Netflix. We're thinking of saving that for next year because mm-hmm. that's got Luke Evans as Scrooge. So, like, yeah. you know, I'm always here for some Gaston. Mm-hmm. And obviously Spirited as well. Where does this rank? Not... 
necessarily talking about Christmas films generally, but like as Christmas carols go, this is the best adaptation of a Christmas carol, isn't it? This is the only adaptation of a Christmas carol you could make me sit through. Because I really dislike the Jim Carrey one. What do you dislike about the Jim Carrey one? I don't like the animation. Okay, fair. It makes me feel really ill. I Yeah, fair enough. And I don't like how old he is. Because yeah. that's the point. The point is he's not that old. And, you know, he's done pretty well for himself. He's probably in his early 30s, realistically. Yeah. And... They're making a point of being like, hey, you've got enough time left to change your ways. So when you have him played as a really, really old man, like in the Jim Carrey one, I'm like, no, he really doesn't have enough time to change his ways. They're not giving him a very long deadline for this. I don't know. And I think there's too much stuff in it. I remember watching it and being like, oh, they're going to make a video game out of this. They did. Yeah. yeah was, no, of course they did because yeah. there were so many scenes where I was like, you know, when he gets made tiny, yeah, and he's like rattling around London. That I was like, this is a video game sequence, and I don't care for it. What about Scrooged with I, Bill Murray? I've only seen that once. I made you watch it. And you, you, you got. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, it's not going up there on my favorite Christmas movie list. But... No, but. I, I think this is the This absolute... is my favourite Christmas film of all time. And I think this is the best. You see, there's a lot of great versions of this. Like, and, and we should talk about Scrooge at some point with Albert Finney and Alec Guinness, because that's a musical. And that's a really fun version of like Scrooge as a story. You've got a great version of Patrick Stewart. Obviously as well, I love the Kelsey Grammer version, the Alan Menken Which we musical. talked about last year. It's so much fun. But, but this is better. Yeah. What's your favourite song? Okay, so for me... Oh, it is very difficult with this one because all of the songs are great. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to say my favourite song... I'm going to have two. Mm-hmm. The ones that I would listen most to are One More Sleep Till Christmas. Yeah. And It Feels Like Christmas. Yeah. Those are the two best songs, but it's tough because all of the songs are great. Like, we didn't even talk about the fact that, like, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem are playing the music at Fozzywigs and the great bit where, like, Animal Fuzzy goes crazy, party. you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, it, there's some really good moments there, but I would say those two are my best songs. Mine is It Feels Like Christmas. So, where is your skip song? Or what is the song that, like, you wouldn't listen to as much? Because I think they're all good. I'm not going to include When Love Is Gone in this, because this is the first year I think I've listened yes. to it. I definitely don't think it's one I'd listen to frequently, just purely because, like, it is more downbeat, but it feels so good as part of this. I think it has to be Marley and Marley. Like, I love all the rest of these songs. I was actually, it was, I was trying to decide whether it was going to be Marley and Marley or Scrooge, the oh, opening song. The opening song. But my love for No Cheeses for Us Mises is too strong. <laughs> I also love There Goes Mr. Humbug, mm-hmm. There Goes Mr. Grim. Same, but I, I think I more just enjoy how much it upsets you when they say No Cheeses for Us Mises. No, I love that song, though. <laughs> like, I would say that's like, 
mid-tier for me. I would skip, depending on my mood, Bless Us All oh. or Thankful Heart. What? I No, <laughs> and I, this is a difficult one because as skip songs go, I'm not going to skip the majority of these. Mm-hmm. However, if we're wanting an upbeat Christmas drive, yeah. Bless Us All isn't going to give us that, especially because it ends with a little cough at the end. Okay. Yeah, I get that. And if I'm wanting an upbeat Christmas mood, that song isn't it. I tell you what is like second on my favourite song yeah. in this is the Christmas Scat. Yeah. <laughs> Tears up. Tis the season to be jolly and joyous. <laughs> yeah. Love it. It's great. I am going to have to check out Room in Your Heart and Chairman of the Board, though, mm-hmm. seeing that those exist. Yep. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Who is your... MVP in this one Gonzo the Great or Michael Caine I think it has to be Michael Caine just because like this is like the most insane performance <laughs> from but Michael then at Caine. the same time like Kermit is perfectly cast again and yeah. have, the fact he can deliver that line like you say mm-hmm. I don't know I think it has to be Michael Caine it, it probably does have to be Michael Caine because we know the Muppets are great in everything they do and you are playing against some very big characters when you're when you're the human lead in a Muppet film. Like you are playing against huge characters, and to keep that integrity that he has, I think is very good. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you who my MVP is. It's the um, lettuce head at the beginning <laughs> who gets stolen from the truck, and oh, then no, like, help me, help me, help me! I'm being stolen. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of my favorite parts. Of the world. The thing is, as well, like it's very tough to do a which role would you want to play, because I would just be happy to be around the Muppets. That's it. Like I would just happily be around the Muppets. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we have a role we'd want to play with this iteration of, like, the Muppets Christmas Carol, because it's all so well cast. Like you'd be Scrooge, which is great, but I'll be young Scrooge at Fozzie Wigs. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll be. So before we go to our, like, I'm sure there's no surprise as to what our ratings will be for this one. Yeah. Twitter and Instagram. And what's great is that this is a really overwhelming, like, positive response. Mm-hmm. 76% of people said yes, they are fans on Instagram, with 5% saying no. And 19% of people said, I've never seen it, which is crazy to me. Like... Go and see this if you haven't. Load up Disney Plus, watch it. A very small sliver of people saying no, it's not for them, and that's absolutely understandable. Like maybe the Muppets is too much for you. Oh, I am just going to say now to watch the extended version of this film with the song included. It's not easy. It isn't the version that comes up when you click on Muppets Christmas Carol. You have to go into extras, and then it's the one at the bottom. I don't know why they're not just having that be the main one. Maybe people don't want to watch the extended cuts, though, as well. You know, it's like we talked about with High School Musical, that the only version to watch on Disney Plus is the one with the... Huma Huma. Huma Huma song. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, yeah, if you want to watch the extended version with When Love Is Gone, you have to go into the extras to watch it. Yeah. Uh, So we heard from Elena, Vintage Broadway 19. Mm-hmm. Who said yes, fan? Although it terrified me as a child, which I think you know is 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 we can all agree with <laughs> the general consensus. 
on Twitter. 7% of people said I've never seen it. 19% of people said it's okay. 74% of people said yes, love it. No one on Twitter said they didn't like this film. Yeah. One of the most overwhelmingly positive responses to any poll we've done. Uh, Chuck and Ruff go to the movies at Chuck to Movies. Said it was their second favourite Christmas movie behind only White Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's a five star sh- musical for me. Like... Yeah, hundred percent. There's, there's, there's no two ways about it. It's five stars. It's a quintessential part of Christmas, and I don't think Christmas would be complete without watching this one. Mm-hmm. I don't think this film has any right being as good as it is. You know what I mean? Like for a uh, Muppet movie of Christmas Carol, it shouldn't work. Yeah, and yet it's perfect. Mm-hmm. So five stars for me. I assume the same for you. Yes, indeed. Excellent. So this will be the last of our Christmas films. Yeah. You know, next week when we talk about Matilda, it will be Boxing Day. Mm -hmm. And I believe Matilda goes live on Boxing Day on Netflix anyway for people who've not had a chance to see it. So you'll be able to find out our review. We have seen Matilda. We enjoyed it and we can't wait to talk about our thoughts with that. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're also going to be releasing just before uh, New Year's Eve. We're going to count down top 10 Mm-hmm. our year in review what were our favourite musicals and thank you to everyone who's got involved can't wait to read your comments or listen to your thoughts yeah when we discuss those but it's a very difficult list and obviously we'll be back in the new year start of 2023 we've decided that we're going to ride the cyclone at last yeah uh, you know it seems appropriate as a start to the year you know fresh start and all we're going to be talking about Ride the Cyclone yeah but as always you can get involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod mm-hmm. or you can email us on It's a Musical Pod at gmail.com let us know your thoughts and you can subscribe to us on a multitude of great podcasting platforms we're available on Apple Podcasts on Spotify Google Podcasts on the Amazon Music app under the podcast section of the library. You can find us on Stitcher, Good Pods, and our OG hosts, Podbean. And why not uh, give us the best Christmas present of all and uh, subscribe and share us with a friend. And if you're feeling very generous, leave us a review and tell us why you love It's a Musical Podcast. Yeah. And before we do sign off, I just want to wish all of you a wonderful Christmas. Mm-hmm. I hope you have a uh, absolutely amazing day with loved ones with lots of good food and some great Christmas movies and thank you so much for inviting us into your homes this Christmas week yeah we will see you same bat place same bat channel have a magical musical Christmas (laughs) 